Sewing and presumably suturing the skin have been around for at least 30,000 years. Hippocrates wrote about the technique of suturing. Avicenna identified pig bristles as the first monofilament suture in the second century AD. And catgut and chromic catgut are attributed to Lord Lister at about 1830. Today we'll learn about suturing without any thread at all. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focusing on the future of medicine. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, your host, and with me today is Professor Abraham Katzer from Tel Aviv University in Israel. Professor Katzer holds the Carroll and Mel Taub Chair in Applied Medical Physics in the Raymond and Beverly Sackler School of Physics and Astronomy. Today we're discussing potential medical uses of laser welding. Hello, Dr. Katzer. Hello, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Let's get right to things. I think your first paper used rabbit bladders for laser welding. I wonder if you can tell me some of the thoughts that you had when you began this work. The idea is not new. I mean, already in the 70s, surgeons tried to use lasers from bonding cuts. And what they did is they approximated the ends of the cuts and they applied laser heat. The slang that was used was laser welding borrowed from metallurgy. And they found that sometimes it worked and sometimes it did not work. And then they tried a slightly improved technique. When you approximate the ends of the cut, you can spread on it some biological material. And many people, including ourselves, spread albumin. And then they heated the albumin. And sometimes they got good results. And sometimes they did not get good results. This was called laser soldering, again, borrowed from metallurgy. And the question was why it did not work all the times. The FDA did not give it approval. And we thought and we still think that the major problem is temperature control. If you are a surgeon and you heat a cut with albumin or without albumin, your eyes cannot determine the temperature. And we think that if you heat the cut roughly to 60 or 65 degrees centigrade, that the temperature where proteins coagulate then you get a good bond. And if you do undercooking, you heat it to 20 or 30 degrees, nothing happened. You heat it to 100 or 120 degrees centigrade, you kill the tissue. That's overcooking. So we developed a system where we heat with a laser tissue. The tissue emits infrared radiation, like every warm body. We monitor the infrared radiation, determine the temperature, and we have a computer control. If it's overheating, the laser reduces intensity, and if it's too low, then the intensity is increasing. So we keep the temperature at roughly 60 or 65 degrees, and we found that both with laser welding and with laser soldering, we got good results. Laser soldering was better because apparently, first of all, you add extra strength. It's like adding an adhesive tape, a Band-Aid, on the cut, but it's a natural material, the albumin, so it does not cause any damage. Secondly, we think that it's watertight. The body fluids like blood or urine or brain fluid cannot escape, and infection cannot penetrate the wound. So we started first with laser welding, and then we moved to laser soldering, and we started in Israel. The animal experiments are very strict, like in the United States. So we had to move from small animals, from rats to rabbits, and then finally to large pigs. And in all these animals, the experiments were very, very successful. In addition to that, we decided to use optical 
fibers. The reason that it makes the system much easier for the surgeon to operate, we use two optical fibers, one to carry the laser beam for heating the cut and one for carrying the infrared radiation from the cut to an infrared detector and determining the temperature. So basically what we developed is a system where we have two thin optical fibers and they end up with something that looks like a pen, if you like, and the surgeon holds the pen in his hand. The tip of the pen is roughly two millimeters from the cut and the surgeon moves slowly the pen with the laser beam and the temperature control along the cut and for a cut of, say, length of an inch or so, we do it in roughly one minute. So this was the idea, and you are correct. We started with urinary bladder, and then we moved to many other tissues. And most recent thing that we did was skin. And skin we moved, as I mentioned, from a rat to a large farm pig. These are huge pigs that are used for experimentation. And on the back of the pig, there were eight cuts. Four of the cuts were sutured, and four of the cuts were laser soldered. And we found that on these large animals, the healing process looked faster than the suture. And then after maybe a week or so, there was practically no scar on the body of the pig. And as a result of the many experiments that we did on pigs, we got permission in Israel to do clinical experiments. And the permission was for laparoscopy. So in laparoscopy, there are four cuts that are left in the abdomen at the end of the procedure. So our permission was that a plastic surgeon did two of the cuts were bonded with sutures and two with laser soldering. And we did it on 10 patients, and it was statistical. I mean, some were old and some were young, some women, some men. And in all of them, the procedure worked extremely well. And the immediate results, first of all, the immediate strength was good. Secondly, the scarring looked good after a month or so. We are waiting now to see the results after a year. So our permission is that after a year, two qualified plastic surgeons should check the cut, compare the cuts. And if they think that the procedure was a success, we get permission to continue the experiments. And we think that we'll move to hernia. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment focusing on the future of medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, and I'm speaking with Professor Abraham Katzer from Tel Aviv University in Israel. We are discussing laser skin welding. Well, Professor Katzer, there are so many interesting things that you've brought up. First, a little side feature. When you're heating things to 55 or 60 degrees, is this warm enough to in any way sterilize the wound? Because you also have a question when you're closing wounds of achieving sterility or as much as possible so the wounds don't become infected. Is there any difference? We are not sure. I have a graduate student. Actually, he is a plastic surgeon who decided to work on his PhD. And he's studying this question and also the wound healing because the mechanism why the cuts bond together is not clear. I mean, some people think that it relates to the collagen. The collagen are based on spirals, and the spirals are more or less rigid. And when you hit them to, say, 60 degrees centigrade, they become more mobile. So these spirals on the two ends probably attach to each other. When you lower the temperature, maybe that's how the skin bonds. But we are not sure. So we are studying that. And the sterility is another question. He's also studying other types of tissues because skin is only one of the many tissues that can be used. We did 
urinary bladder, we did intestines, we tested the dura layer that encapsulates the brain. So we did many, many types of soft tissues, and all of them, the procedure worked very, very well, like cornea, for example. There is a problem of corneal transplant, where today patient has a problem with the cornea, they remove like a disc from the cornea, the size of a, I don't know, a penny or whatever, and then they bring in a piece of cornea from a donor. So they use double sutures in that case, and sometimes the double sutures stay in the eye of the patient for a very, very long time. What we did, again, on large farm pigs, we removed part of the cornea, brought it back, and used the laser soldering, again, with albumin and with laser heating, and if you don't do temperature control in this case, immediately the whole eye of the animal becomes like a hard-boiled egg. With temperature control, nothing happened to the eye, and after three days, it was not possible to tell with a naked eye on which eye the procedure was carried out. So we think that with many types of tissues, this procedure has great potential. Well, before we move to other tissues, there's something I have to ask. What about using your little hand-guided pen to fix wrinkles and old skin? (laughs) That's a a possibility. Uh, In the literature, there are people who mentioned the controlled heating of skin, again, to remove wrinkles. So we think that we can do it, possibly. I mean, we were not interested, but advantage of the system that we developed is the temperature control that we don't overheat and don't underheat the tissue. What do you think is the depth of increased temperature? The depth of tissue? Yes. We did calculations, because you cannot measure it, obviously. We think that it's less than one millimeter, and it depends on the tissue. We are studying now the most difficult problem, in my opinion, is blood vessels, because especially with with small blood vessels, the bonding of blood vessels is an art. Many surgeons cannot do it. I mean, don't have the great skill needed. So in this case, there is a question of the temperature rise in the intima, inside the blood vessel. And we carried out measurements, and we think that we can apply the albumin outside the blood vessel, heat it to, say, 60 degrees centigrade, and don't overheat the intima. So we think that it's limited to maybe one millimeter or less. One of the things that I was thinking about when you had mentioned about reconfiguring collagen was stress incontinence in women, in which you have a breakdown of collagen at the urethra and where the urethra joins the bladder, and whether or not this might not be a potential for a really marvelous, almost non-invasive therapeutic tool in this application. That's an excellent idea, and I did not think about it, but I think that it's a very, very good idea. I would think that you're doing all of your validation on the skin, but it would seem to me that the incredible value of this might be at laparoscopic surgery, where you can't easily put in sutures. That's correct. I mean, what happened is that we thought about the laparoscopy and the fact that what's called in the United States least invasive surgery or in the United Kingdom keyhole surgery A surgeon inserts an endoscope into the body. Through the endoscope, it's relatively easy to use cutting tools and to carry out an operation. But to do the bonding is extremely difficult. And I watched physicians. They use something like a very, very long threading needle, and they sometimes spend an hour or so to use the sutures inside the body. So we carried out experiment again on large farm pigs, And in this experiment, the urologist who collaborated with us did experiment on kidneys. So they inserted an endoscope and made a cut in one kidney, 
And on this kidney, they used the standard suturing technique with a long needle, and it took them more than an hour. And then on the other kidney, they also made a cut through the endoscope. They inserted the two fibers that I mentioned earlier. The two fibers are very, very thin, so you can insert through an endoscope the fibers. Through the same endoscope, they inserted a very long hypodermic needle. Through the hypodermic needle, they applied albumin on the cut, and they used then the two fibers with the temperature control to bond the cut, and it took them less than 10 minutes. So I'm looking now for young physicians who will continue the work. In Israel, every physician has to spend six months doing research, and this was done by one of these young physicians. I had many, many tens of physicians worked in my laboratory over the years. So I'm looking now for another person who will continue the endoscopic work, because I think that skin and anesthetics is very, very important, but bonding inside the body endoscopically will be much more important from the medical point of view. In closing, I wonder if as a physicist helping us physicians, you might speculate where things will be in five or ten years. The next step will have to be to prepare an engineering system. I participated in 10 operations. I brought a team of four physicists to help the surgeon. But now we need some system where a surgeon alone can do it without an assistance of a physicist. That will take probably a year and two, and then you have to go through FDA approval, another two, three years. So I think that in five years, potentially, if some large company will take the challenge and develop the engineering system and start some medical experiments, that can be technology that will be available, maybe not for a wide use, but limited use in five years. My thanks to Professor Abraham Katzer, who has been our guest. We have been discussing laser skin welding. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz. You've been listening to a special segment on the future of medicine from ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts, or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. That is 888-639-6157. Thank you for listening.